Welcome to the Anxious Morning, where four days a week, we take a look at ideas, concepts, and lessons designed to help you understand and overcome your anxiety. For more information, visit theanxiousmorning.com. Sometimes I can share parts of my anxiety and recovery experience in the hope that it might help you to avoid some of the mistakes that I made. This is one of those times. Beth was a lovely human being. She was funny. She was smart as a whip. We shared a similar sense of humor. Both had brains that held on to silly references and trivia. We were interested in many of the same things. Beth made me laugh all the time. I really valued the time I got to spend with her. Even when we were just doing nothing and talking about nothing, she was important to me. I need to respect the privacy of both Beth and her family, so I will just tell you that she was the victim of a rare disease that left her with no options but to undergo a major transplant procedure to save her life. It was the very biggest of deals, like no joke. Someone important to me was facing a huge challenge, so this brings me to my regrets. When Beth was declining in health and being backed into a corner by that infernal disease, I was in the middle of my antidepressant withdrawal experience. The point is, I was literally no use to anyone in those days. We lost touch. I did not get to be there to provide support, even when that support could be something as small as bringing her lunch or sitting with her to share some laughs for a while. I was absent. I'm not here to judge anyone's decisions. I will never tell anyone that what they are doing is wrong. But on a personal level, for as many times as I say out loud that I would relive that experience again because it is part of who I am now, my choice to medicate for so many years rather than facing my problem haunts me sometimes for this reason. Then I was done with withdrawal. And as it turns out, Beth had received her transplant. It seemed miraculous. Her life had been saved. I was so happy to reconnect with her and see this. But while the worst of my medication journey was behind me, anxiety, panic, depression, and agoraphobia were again present in my life. I was trying to hold them off, but I was not doing a very good job of that. My life was beginning to shrink again, bit by bit. I tried to be there to support her as best I could, but I was not doing a very good job. I was still mostly absent. More regret. When organ rejection set in, which is the worst news for any transplant patient... Beth got really sick, and here's the part that I will likely regret for the rest of my life. I remember the day she went back into the hospital, figuring she'd get some medication adjustments and return home in a few days. I had seen her earlier that day. We had a bite to eat together. I was an anxious mess, but I did my best to hide it from her. That was the last time I would see her. Beth spent almost a year in that hospital, no more than about 50 miles in a straight line from me, but I didn't see her. We texted. We talked on the phone sometimes. She asked me to come see her. Her sister asked if I wanted to join and go with her when she would go visit, but I didn't. I couldn't. I was barely able to get a half mile from home in those days without winding up in a blind panic. A trip into the city, even for her sake, was like a trip to Mars for me. Completely impossible. At some point, it was evident that Beth was not going to come home. Everyone knew. But even then, my fear of my own body and mind kept me from doing what friends do, what we do for the people we care about, how we show someone that we care for them and that they are not alone in their struggles. My insistence that it felt so strong 
and felt so dangerous kept me from seeing Beth in her final days and weeks, when I should have been there at least once. Anxiety, panic, and irrational fear kept me from very large chunks of my life for a long time. It impacted all of my relationships with all of the important people in my life. But I got the opportunity to repair many of those relationships. I got another chance. I made good for the lost time to the best of my ability, and I continue to do that every day, even now. But Beth didn't have time. I didn't get another chance. I chose to listen to sensations and thoughts that never actually hurt me, rather than to do what I know in my bones was the right thing to do. I betrayed some of the things I value most in life. I lost out on a chance to support someone that mattered to me, and I will never get that chance back. Regret that doesn't go away, and maybe it shouldn't. People often ask me why I do this thing. Why do I spend so much time on this? Why put so much effort into this? Why change everything and go back to school and spend more time and money to immerse myself in the world of anxiety and anxiety disorders and recovery? Well, partially because of regret. This is not atonement for my sins. I am not trying to get anyone's sympathy here nor am I deluding myself into thinking that I am going to get some kind of metaphysical forgiveness for what I did. But if you want to know why I'm so interested in this thing that's in my past that you think I might want to forget about, I'll tell you. I hate it. I hate it. And when I see it pushing people around like it pushed me around, I hate it even more. When you come to my Facebook group, hoping for calming or soothing words, and instead I call out the irrational nature of your fear and encourage you to stand up and take a step forward, I do that because I don't want you to ever feel the regret that I sometimes feel. Regret that can't be fixed. Second chances that don't come. Maybe I don't hate anxiety for taking from me. Maybe I'm really angry at myself for giving when I didn't have to. It's a feeling I wish I didn't have, but also a feeling that I'm trying to make useful in whatever way I can. So if you find yourself looking for a reason to get better, or lacking in motivation, or wondering why you should do the scary things that you don't really want to do, remember this story. Unchecked avoidance knows no limits and respects no boundaries. It does not give a shit if you get a second chance or not. It only wants, and it wants now, regardless of the cost later. Sometimes the cost later isn't very high and you could pay it and move on. Sometimes the cost is astronomical and can't ever be paid. So when you choose your actions, choose wisely. I wish I had chosen more wisely. The fear that I felt back then was fleeting and temporary. This feeling hangs around. If you're enjoying the Anxious Morning Podcast and would like to get a copy delivered every morning into your email inbox, visit theanxiousmorning.email and subscribe to the newsletter. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or some platform that lets you rate or review the podcast, leave a five-star rating. Maybe write a quick review to let other people know that you love the podcast so they might find it too. It really helps me out. Thanks a bunch.